on this week's episode of Devil Strap Podcast, we're going to talk about why everything on a stick tastes good. <laughs> and my newest creep out, all white eyes. And we finally name the Demon Fling. Let's do this. This week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. I'm Diana. I'm the girl known as Liz. I guess woman, person, whatever. This Happy week New Year! Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year! Happy New Year! This week we're going to talk about season three, episode twelve of Supernatural. Ooh! But first, what have you been up to, Liz? Um, auditioning for a Netflix show on organization of your house. Yeah. But not putting it on camera. So just in my mind, so I have been, um, off work and on vacation, which has been fantastic. Although I use that in quotes because I'm never really off work and I've, I've done work things, but yeah, I haven't like been, I haven't had calls all day. So this house has gotten fucking renovated, including an all new podcast setup for this and for my other podcast. Woo-hoo. Thank you, uh, Work Daddy, for sending me all this new gear. It's pretty great. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah, so I was like, I have all this new shit to put into my office. So I might as well reorganize that. And so for those of you who don't know, my office is also my sewing room, my art room, it holds a lot of things in here. So it has your creative space in addition to your workspace. It is. And I have um, enough fabric to clothe a small village. So (laughs) it's, it's, it's all reorganized and it's just lovely to look at. It's all like organized by type of fabric and print versus solid. And then the colors are together and it's very soothing it just makes me want to sew things, but yeah. And so um, this week was also New Year's, and mm-hmm. I, I know, like, because we're we're going with me first, because like, yeah. What did Liz do? Liz cleaned and organized, and she watched a bunch of TV. Um, I spent New Year's Eve watching uh, the new episodes of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, which were filmed in Austin. I started them too this week, so there you go. Yeah, it's, it made me very excited because they're you know all places I know, and, and they were they were very. The bro- the Broken Spoke episode is so cute. The first one. It's, oh, Terry's amazing. I can't hear you. Yeah. And then Terry died. And, <gasps> sorry, spoiler alert. Um, but you should know that. So, I mean, I knew everybody her, knows that. She did? Did she? Also, um, not Terry. Her, Terry, her dad what, did. What's her dad's name? Um, shit. All right. Take my Texas rights away that I can't remember his first name. Uh, anyways, uh, we'll blast that out on the on the Instagram as an apology to the broken spoke that I forgot his name. Um, 
sorry, I'm not. <laughs> no, they end the episode with it. James White is who it was James. that passed away. Uh, passed away um, a year ago now. It was he's the he was the founder and owner of the legendary Austin Honky Tonk um, Broken Spoke, um, and they uh, feature. Uh, so Terry is his daughter, and she's one of the first people on Queer Eye. This and season. she's fabulous. She is so much fun. I think Diana, you've actually worked with her, or um, I've done up uh, some emails with some of the team there. So we'll just yeah. leave it at that. But yeah, okay. Um, and uh, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I. Uh, but anyways, I, that's I how her. I. Yeah, that's how I spent my New Year's Eve. Very exciting. Um, I didn't even drink champagne. But, um, and before I switch to you, we'll talk about what I'm drinking because this directly relates to it. Um, I am drinking a Petite Syrah from Senior Vineyards who sent me my, mm. my um, winter shipment. And there's two bottles of sparkly in there. I'm fucking what? excited. I've never had sparkling wine from them before. And I was going to oh. drink it tonight. And I was like, no, like you have shit to do tomorrow. But it starts at nine in the morning. You don't need to drink a whole bottle of champagne. And now I've almost drank a whole bottle of wine. So I, you might as well have had the bottle of champagne. Might as well. There was probably less sugar in this. So I would probably feel less crappy. Tomorrow. Your head will hurt less. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're going to transition then to what I'm drinking to what Diana's not drinking because yeah. I think this directly relates. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm drinking a Zevia ginger ale, my zero calorie soda. Uh, so I'm not calling. I'm not gonna. I don't like to put a label on things because it stresses me out and I'm a rebel, so I can't handle that shit. Like that's why I'm not gonna like like branded diets and things like that. They make me mad because I have to break them. So I'm trying. I'm giving my body a break from alcohol for the short term, at least in excess. So that's what we're doing but, because. But why? Why because, is your body a break? Well, basically, starting on the 23rd of December until Saturday the first, I consumed alcohol every day, and some days to extreme. Uh, so not very many, I mean, I get like loaded a bunch, but we had like activities every fucking day. Cause then there was like, that was, that was not dinner with friends and, and stuff like that. Then we had Christmas Eve celebrate Christmas day, celebrate and drink, recover from all that shit. Oh, wait, let's have another beverage. And then like, and then we had plans like family plans and drinks every day, pretty much. And then when we didn't, we were like, Oh, we're off for vacation. Fuck it. Let's have a drink. So that's what happened. We spent, um, so, but I had a lovely time spending a million hours with my super fun family that I'm adore. And, uh, I'm very glad to get a little bit of a break from, and they understand because they feel the same fucking way, but, um, it was exciting because it was uh, a time that where my whole family got to meet a new member of our family in my new sister-in-law um Francesca so my brother um Frankie Frankie yes my <laughs> brother is in the navy and met a lovely young lady in the navy as well and they decided to go ahead and get married so that's very exciting we had not gotten to meet her it was a, just a they did a simple ceremony they're going to have a celebration at a later date um but it was our first time to meet her and it went swimmingly if you will so Sorry, I just love that she goes by Frankie. And I think any I woman know. that I've always like been jealous of people like who name. have like the well, just any names that kind of go from like the girl to the boy, like because it's always so cool. And it's like, I yeah, know. I'm a Frankie, I'm a Sam, I'm a Charlie. Like I yeah. love a girl named Charlie. <laughs> Spoiler alert, this may happen in the series. Ooh. But you know, like no, I love I've a Frankie. Always... I think it's amazing. Like it goes back to what was it? 
was in what in stigmata the chick's name was frankie i thought that was the first time i heard that and i'm like oh, this is the fucking coolest thing ever anyways so yeah. yeah so that was awesome i went to the stockyard spent some time around in the stockyards got to see all the all the cows that was fun in the stockyards diana mm-hmm. went to this place that had the most amazing taxidermy amazing. Oh my God. So what was this place? Was it a store? It's a store. It's like a leather goods and it's like really nice leather goods and shitty souvenir store combined all in one in Stockyard Station. I don't even remember the name and I'm mad at myself for it, but it had like stripper squirrels and raccoons. Raccoon playing poker. Like and raccoon playing poker. No, 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 no. So there was a raccoon that had lipstick and yeah. a, a bra, no, bikini. Yeah. It was a lipstick and a bikini on yeah. a raccoon. Yes. And then came the horrible time where a young child's heart was broken in twain so have you ever listened to um our lore jingle where we have the love or or even at the end of the episode um when we have our 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 little um production note yeah yeah that is that is uh those are vocals are contributed by my amazing niece addison who is very sweet and loves animals very much. And she thought that all the taxidermy animals were fucking cute. And she was all excited. And she was, I've got her excited about possums, by the way, which is exciting news for all of us because we were like, welcome to the trash animals. Yes. She was excited about the possums. She was, she was dragging me over to point out possums to me. But then apparently at dinner, she made a comment to her mother, my sister. And my sister had to be like, no, no, those are real animals. That's those aren't those aren't fake. And there's a little bit of like a shock that kind of washed over her as this little seven-year-old learned the difference between toy animals and taxidermy. They did, baby. <laughs> they did. So uh that was a you know an enlightening evening for her, I guess. I don't know, but yeah. I don't know. She's a lovely child and she obviously is. is a little weird because she doesn't. You heard her. She's a yeah. little weird. We love yeah. her. Um, but anyways, so, so I'm glad yeah. that you had a great New Year's. I well, yeah, we went to a concert to New Year's too. We actually oh, went that's out. right. You did you you did that in your sleep, yeah. you drug your sleepy ass out to a bar. <laughs> yeah. I went to a concert. We went and saw our friends play. The Vandaliers were playing in Dallas. So we went and saw them. And uh it was fun. And we were tired. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got. And oh, we actually didn't have as many um, gunshots or fireworks because it rained, which was kind of nice because we got a good night's sleep on ears for once. Yeah, I did hear somebody. Uh, so it was not raining here. And yeah. I heard so most of the people who work at my physical therapist's office um are very young as i think i don't know what that is but i think they also a lot of them come from texas state because that's Uh, just down the road and i think they have a program but i heard one of my techs say something about how they set a bunch of yard on fire because it was so dry and i'm like this is why i don't like fireworks um 
love fireworks. I just don't like it when it's, you know, 4 a.m. and I can't tell if it's a gunshot or a firework in my neighborhood. I think I'm just a curmudgeon. And granted, you know, I used to think I've shot a lot of fireworks, you know, even, you know, as a child, my father would play dance away from the bottle rockets or the Roman candles as he shot them at us. Wait, that's not a good story. Um, so, <laughs> I was like, well, hmm. Wait, but, I think I'm, I think I'm putting my finger on why you don't love fireworks in a neighborhood, Liz. Just saying. Well, I also like when I get older, I also liked putting, you know, I liked putting uh, fireworks in the glass bottles, making them explode. Um, there dangerous. was, yeah, that was not a good idea. There was also the not a good idea of what happens if you put sparklers in an anthill. Um, apparently, if it's very brushy and dry in Texas, you start a uh, brush fire and yeah. you burn down half an acre, mainly also because you didn't want to tell your family that you were burning down the backyard. So you're running into the house to grab like glasses of water because oh. you were 10 and didn't understand how things worked. And yeah. the hose was really hot. And then finally, your family noticed you running back and forth. And they were like, what? What are you doing? Check on this. And they're like, oh, shit she's she set the fucking yard on fire and yeah i did oopsies we got most of it put out before the fire department came I mean, that's that's good you, you just gotta clear that brush out i did them a favor like you know somebody had to chop that down i was just taking rid of like that the extra scraggly shit that needed to go the house didn't burn down like it was, it was, fun. It was just some very natural yard control work you did you know Sometimes oh your 10-year-old children burn down your backyard. So anyway, so happy new year, everyone. Happy new year. It's 2022 and it's, everybody has COVID. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a new French variant. They're Delta and um, the Necronomicon. Necro, yeah. What did we decide Nec- it was? Necroomicon. Necro Necromicon. Yeah. Necromicon. Sure. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're duking it out while the French are trying to get in with their own. They're like, oh, oh chuck up my Florona. Yeah, but, but nobody's scared of the French. But nobody just like what? <laughs> like, do we need to come save your ass from this too? Oh, sorry. <laughs> like, America, oh, like, well, oh. There was one day I was okay. Last story that we'll get into this episode. There was one day when I was working in a place in Switzerland. Well, let's just say there were guns inside the conference office, like locked in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a filing cabinet. So, a big place in Switzerland. And my boss, who was with me, was German, and the person running this place in Switzerland was French. And then they started fighting back and forth about stuff. And I'm like, look, do I need to be the American and come like stop this once again? And oh, were they, uh, were they, they were not amused. Oh, they were I, I'm fucking hilarious. I thought okay. it was great. Um, <laughs> then we all went and had some chocolate and drank some wine and drink and some beer because you know, like you do, we all like those things. Yeah. All right, so this episode yeah any any first thoughts on it i think that there's a lot of i think this episode gives us a lot of enlightening pieces of the story that are important i all and i really love one of the extra actresses in it yeah however it wasn't like I had to like, after like a day, I was like, what, what, what happened in that episode? Like I had to think, like it didn't stick with me. I didn't find it. Like, I felt like it was important to drive the story on, but I didn't find it to be a particularly like memorable or special episode. Fair. 
Does that make so, sense? Like, I was like okay, does. yeah, they, they tied up some loose fucking ends and then they added, like, they gave more, like, credibility to, like, their storyline that they're building. But at the same time, I was like, okay. I was like, I, I, I literally was racking my brain. I'm like, fuck, I gotta, we're about to talk about this shit. I don't remember what I watched. And I have notes. Like, I wrote shit down and I couldn't remember, like, what, mm. like, what episode was it? So, like, that's how little it stuck with me, which I thought was, I, I don't, I, I get the impression that that's probably not the standard response to this episode, but it was mine. No, so this episode, um, it was entitled fine. Juice in Bello. Is that how you say that in I Latin? Guess. Yes, just is J U S. I don't. So I don't know if you're a Latin person, come, come fight me. Um, But it means laws of war. And this was um, originally aired on February 21st, 2008. It was directed by Phil Scritchia and written by Sarah Gamble. Um, And she noted that, so this is, we talked about this a bit in the last episode. So they were finishing this script just as the the WGA went on strike. Right. Yeah. And this was originally going to be episode 11 of the series, but they switched it with last week's episode because Eric thought that it might be a better end if this was a truncated season or if it never, if like it just ended because they hadn't been picked up for season four yet. Right. And so, which this would have been a really shitty way to end the series. Uh, Yeah. Like and and also the season, like yeah. even then, like it's so. I mean, I guess it would have set up for we have a new big bad that's coming. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, I think as you know, there's interviews with Sarah on the DVD and other other things with her as well, where uh, just talked about you know this was they had to put an end to the Henriksen story because Sam and Dean have been wanted by the FBI since the beginning of the season. Yeah, and, and, they, and they haven't been be and they like, haven't been seen very much, and that seems unlikely. Right. I mean, I, I don't feel like at the beginning they were kind of laying low a little bit, but we They're haven't not. really seen that in the past, like the past, like we haven't seen any like super indications of anybody going off the grid or doing the normal things somebody would do if the FBI was after them, right? They're still like just driving around the country in the world's most obvious car. Yeah. So, yeah. anyways, that's um, but I think that's interesting that you thought you know parts of it were kind of forgettable. Um, so we're just gonna start off like right in the beginning of it, and we have our boys, and they're in what I thought was I always thought this was Bella's apartment, but I guess it's a hotel. Yeah, uh, so she, we're in Monument, Colorado, though. I don't know. I thought it was a hotel. I thought it was just a hotel. Um, and they're searching a room for Bella and they like figure out, and they, they let the audience know that it's her place by finding the wigs. Um, and she calls them and she's like, uh, yeah, if you don't even know me, if you think I'm going to sell this gun, because obviously they're trying to get the cold back. So we don't really know now, now where it's come to our attention, we don't know what her intention with this gun is. Yeah. Also the gun is like out, like sitting like like openly on her passenger seat. Stupid. Like it is one, it's on somebody's monogram that says MR, which we never get. I don't know if that ever gets explained, but we don't know what the MR stands for. Um, but also like, yeah, it, why are you riding around with this? Just like sitting out just on like on your passenger seat. Like, Yeah, I feel like you'd get a lot of questions if you were pulled over, number one. And not, yep. that, it's a, not that it's illegal everywhere. I mean, it's not, it's totally it'll be illegal technically here. But just seems unwise. That's all. 
It seems unwise and also like it's kind of an antique and an important possession. Yeah. Like put it someplace in a box, like hide it under your seat at least. Like okay whatever bella so anyway so the so she uh so the cops show up so obviously they had sh- they had called so she had called the cops on the brothers because she knew they were gonna show up she's like aha i'm gonna keep you guys tied up for a while and so it's like these local cops and then the uh, fbi agent Hendrickson is there as well well fuck so we know they're going to jail um and the agent Hendrickson kind of is not working closely with the uh the local sheriff's department he's very insulting to them and um he's like trying to but but he's like trying to describe to that sheriff's department like what they're dealing with and is describing the winchester brothers as like hannibal lecter satan worshipers like talking about them desecrating braves and bodies and like the whole thing yeah the exact quote is yeah um first he said you've never been to a rodeo like this which i do love i mean i always love a good rodeo reference um but he says think hannibal lecter and his half-wit little brother do you know what these guys do for kicks dig up graves and mutilate corpses they're not just killers sheriffs they're satan worshiping nutbag killers Yeah. Oh, and so, so, but also the sheriff's not really taking him seriously. But no, also, the sheriff's like, kind of like, what the fuck? It's well, just you're you got, well, like you a dick. F- well, he's acting, yeah. So he's like, first of all, it's like, oh yeah, you're gonna come in here and like talk down to us, and then you're gonna tell us how to run our sheriff's department. And then you're trying to give me information, but you're doing it in a shitty way. Yeah, I'll give you the fucking cells. We helped you get the guys. What the fuck do you want? We're a small sheriff's department in a small town. So, anyways, yeah. but then we see in the sheriff's department there is a young woman working. <clears throat> named Nancy, played by Amy Garcia, also known as Ella from Lucifer. Yeah, I love her. I do She's too. So I love um, her. And she was also the voice of Denise and Adam's family um, cartoon. And, uh, I did and she was that. also Jamie Batista in Dexter. Yeah. Um, and in uh, Lucifer, she has the best t-shirts. Yeah, like, it's like oh her my character God. thing. She always wears the best funny shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like those, those art people are like, or you know, wardrobe people are hitting up Etsy, like right and left. And I want to know like where they're pulling them from, but uh, they right. wore, she wore a Hillary white um, rabbit shirt once, which is kind of somebody that we look at. So that's pretty we love Hillary white. Woo. All right. So the brothers are going to get brought in. Bam, bam, bam. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have one quick comment. Oh. I just want to add real fast on Nancy and observation. I thought was interesting and it was probably completely unintentional. Well, it, it's con- in- interesting for this character is that she keeps rubbing. She's like obviously nervous and she's rubbing. She's wearing a cross necklace and she keeps rubbing it, which will tie a little bit into this character. But interestingly, also mm. ties into her character in Lucifer. And I thought that was kind of, I don't know if it's coincidence or intentional, but I thought it was neat. <laughs> so sorry, Amy, you have a type and apparently it's super Catholic girl. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm go. sorry. That's what you got. But she's cute about it. So that's okay. Yeah. Um, so the brothers are in jail and as they're getting brought in, Dean yells over to her. He goes, we're not the ones you should be scared of, Nancy. Which also, like, if somebody tells me that, I'm like, I'm totally scared of you. I'm like, that. A, that's creepy. And how do you know my name? <laughs> Those are the two things that would come to mind. So, so also anyway. with the fact her name is Nancy, I'm either going to two places. I am either going to Sid and Nancy, and then I immediately start going into my Nancy accent and like, Sid, oh, no. you are the Sex Pistols. 
You never watched Sid and Nancy? Of course I have. Okay. I was like, what? I was just, <laughs> was, cr- I was just cringing in general. Oh, at, oh, at yeah, my Courtney at, Love rendition, rendition of, of Nancy, yeah. of Nancy Spungen, but, um, or the other one is Nancy from the craft. So. Oh, I don't think this character is meant to be like either one of those people. <laughs> Probably not, but the evening, yeah. or I also, I also have, what am I, I have a lovely aunt named Nancy. So yeah. <laughs> there is also that, but somehow she doesn't come to mind. Anyway, uh, so they get taken to a cell where in the background, it says no smoking, no spitting, no shouting. Yeah. And they're chained together by the ankles and it is incredibly awkward and they're stumbling around. Yeah. We definitely get a three stooges moment. Yeah. A little bit of slapstick, slapstick comedy as they try and work their way around. Yes. So Agent Hendricks, Ed Hendricks, Henriksen, Jesus, is like, I don't want to lose these guys again. So his boss is going to send a chopper, a chopper, a helicopter is what it, we usually call it. But he keeps saying chopper, chopper. To, 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 to get the And who is his boss? Um, it's the, uh, I wrote it down in a different spot. So yeah, I I oh, yeah. So it's Peter DeLuise, mm-hmm. um, who is also on 21 Trump Street and yeah. obviously Dom DeLuise's kid, but um, him and Kim Manners were together on 21 Jump Street. So we have oh. that tie in from before that brought that back around here. Nice. So um, the agent, agent is, you know, Aiden and Dean are just, you know, goading each other, just like talking shit. And and finally, Agent Henderson's like, look, y'all are going straight to isolation, the supermax until trial. Um, and that, you know, uh, basically tells Dean that d- their dad brainwashed him and po- it implies that he was molested by his dad. This is like real fucked up, like conversation. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, no, and he's that- letting he touch them in a bad place, which is never good. And Sam <sighs> looks like, and Sam sits up because they're like, oh shit, you found the, the the Dean bear bone. Like, you don't poke, you don't poke the John bone and like Mm-mm. much less say John molested them. Like, oh, oh no. you're about to see some shit. You should probably stop talking about about your steak and lobster yeah so um the uh agent hendrickson's boss steven the whatever like he's the he's a direct deputy director there it is shows up and it's just like totally dismissive of agent hendrickson he's pissed but gives him a stake of paperwork to the transfer he doesn't even shake his hand Mm-mm, no like totally just like blows him off and he's like but his reference to the stack of paperwork that has to be completed is we didn't invent bureaucracy we just perfected it it's like uh so the feds he's not wrong so deputy director stephen groves goes to see the brothers and while he's standing there he pulls out a fucking gun and starts shooting at dean with a silencer uh guess what he's a demon he possessed yeah he possessed so while so sam tries to grab him and tries to like exercise him holding him through like the 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 great what would you call that i don't know the, the cell door gate yeah the cell door whatever yeah and but also so sam at least has memorized his exercise at least one of these guys finally re- like has like okay i don't need to bring out a book Maybe. i can just say this off yep. yeah so um and it works the demon leaves the um what the leaves the demon <sighs> The, the the black smoke cock leaves the demon's mouth the smoke cock leaves the demon yes or leaves leaves the leaves the person's mouth yeah. leaves leaves groves all right yeah and so agent hendrickson has heard some all this hubbub oh, oh, going oh, oh. on 
Um, but before he leaves, um, before his the cock gets taken out of his throat, I guess that's how that would be. Um, <gasps> he does say he was like, "Sorry, I got to cut this short. It's going to be a long night, fellas." Which really like kind of oh, sets yeah. up this episode too. That oh shit, okay, well he's not just the thing that's here. Like it's more other shit's yeah. gonna happen. So Agent Henriksen and the two sheriffs run in because there's all this hubbub. They find Groves' body. But at this point, Sam's holding the gun. So this all looks real bad. Dean's bleeding from his shoulder. And the fucking, um, the deputy director's dead on the ground. And they'd had a bunch of other guards set up outside. But they figure out that first off, Groves doesn't have a bullet wound. So they didn't kill him. All of their deputies that were set up outside are fucking dead. The chopper crew is fucking dead. And then the chopper like blows up. Yeah, and also the dead bodies that are outside, most of their throats were slit. Yeah, which a I, lot of throats implies slit. that something like, which is also we never we never saw that part. Like no. somebody went through, like that's a lot of throat slits. It is, and then another demon walks up and kills the other FBI agent that was there. There's only one other agent with him, so that's not good. Um, the sheriffs are all the sheriff's department folks are freaking out. They're like packing ammo and guns. They're like, we're getting the fuck out of here. This is the, no fuck all this noise. We're not playing this game. And Agent Hendrickson's like super calm, but like just very direct. He's like, nope, that we are not going anywhere. We've got to like you guys. You've been trained for something. Let's fucking hold. Let's hold down. Hold it down. And then at that point, all the phones and connectivity and internet are down, and then the power turns off. Yeah, so Henriksen is completely believing this is a siege Mm -hmm. and that there are people people coming to rescue Sam Sam and Dean. Dean. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, if I was him, I would also probably think, oh, yeah, 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 there's people coming to bust them out. Not that, you know, Armageddon's raining down on on my men outside. Right, not not that they're being attacked by demons. Yeah. Generally not my first thought, but, you know. So anyway, so Nancy's kind of like, he kind of got curiosity going now. And Sam asks her for a towel. And um, when he, when she finally, get, she goes and gets someone. And when she brings it to him, he fucking, Sam grabs her by the arm. And I'm like, what the fuck is Sam doing? Who the fuck is this guy? Because that's not very Sam-like. Yeah, because I'm like, why are you fucking with Nancy? Like, she's like, so she, sweet. she brought like, you a towel to clean up the blood. Don't be a dick. Like, she trusted you. Oh, Sam. Oh, man. But. She screams and she gets away, but she had like a rosary bl- bracelet on. Yes. Okay. We, we, we support this a little more, Sam. You weren't just messing with sweet little Nancy. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got the rosary and Sam thinks they're sitting, sitting ducks, but Dean just wants yeah. a snack. And I, I approve Dean, you know, because sometimes you're just hungry and have the munchies. Yeah. So Sam's very worried about in general about like now how to figure out like who's a demon and who's not. Dean's Dean's kind of gleeful about the fact that this means that they have a contract out on them from from demons, which I'm like I'm like okay. Well, I mean, it, I, I guess there's some like bragging rights to it, but it's like you're important enough to have a contract yeah. out on you. That's awesome, I guess. So <laughs> the sheriff decides, fuck this, we're gonna go ahead and like unlock you guys because this is bullshit. And we're you know, hey, this is all bullshit right now. Things are weird. Agent Hendrickson's like, nope, not happening. And so uh, Agent Hendrickson shoots the sheriff. Which is yep, right in the head. Right. Just shoots him right in the head. Right in the head. And so the brothers attack him because 
obviously something's up with agent Hendrickson. Cause even though he's a fucking dick, he's a by the book dick. And that means he's not going to shoot a sheriff. And we know that watching it. So they use the rosary has been thrown into the toilet and um, Sam pushes his face. Uh, Sam, Sam pushes agent Hendrickson's face into the toilet to get the disgusting. Okay. Yeah. So he gets a holy water prison toilet swirly or gets yeah. county jail toilet swirly. Yeah. Ew. Ew. Like, beyond, like, what happened to the rest of this episode, like, I'm sure this is, he got, like, cholera and typhoid and syphilis and, like, all these things that are just, like, hanging out in that jail toilet. We didn't have to worry about him for long. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Spoiler alert. But, yeah, I mean, like, Ah. no, and, like, never, like, out of this afterwards, he's he's like, oh, shit, you shoved my head in the toilet. Like, I need to go, where's the the bleach? Can I scrub my face? that's the first thing I would be doing. Like he, like we were finding out he is like. Oh, I don't know about first thing because is- he gets some very upsetting news after the demon leaves him. Which Sam Nancy does witness this, and another uh, deputy witnessed the demon leaving the demon cock leaving his mouth. Um, he Agent Henderson is not dead. He's he wakes up and and he says, "I shot the sheriff." Dean hesitates but could not resist but say the only line someone could say after that but you didn't shoot the deputy. Yep. Boom. Um, also, uh, Demon Hendrickson said before he got his swirly that it's too late. I already called them. They're coming. Which also makes me think, did we miss a blood phone? Did we, like, because obviously they oh, don't yeah. have a cell phone. So, like, wait, where's the blood chalice? Like, so maybe yeah. that's why the throats were slit and somebody was... was they made a blood it, phone call, blood call. Was it Hendrickson who somehow... And when did Hendrickson get possessed? I mean, did he get possessed when that demon flew out of uh, the deputy director? Maybe the same one, like, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. So much stuff, we don't know. But There's still, so, like... Questions. Yeah, and so Dean tells Henriksen that he had some nasty black smoke jam itself down the throat, which also mm-hmm. is about the you know the, the cock smoke smoke yeah. cock smoke, smoke cock, cock. cock smoke black smoke, smoke cock. cock. I'm like, which way does it go? Cock smoke smoke cock. Okay, um, but <laughs> cock smoker. Anyway, <laughs> but still, he does not at any point. He's just like, oh, this is what it's like to be possessed. But he's not like. Can I please like have some Clorox to right, rinse off? Does my somebody face? have a wet wipe? Yes. <laughs> like he, he just does not acknowledge I, his face. I would like to blow my nose, please. Let me blow my nose. It does remind me. So, um, as I think we talked about, one of my catnips are like all like the prison shows, and there's one where like so many of them, including in Dallas, where uh, people, especially in county, um, use their jails, their toilets as phones, uh, because the way that the toilets are set up, if you go to uh, like Lusteric or like any, of, I'm just naming Dallas jails, but yeah, any of them, because you know the tower that they're in. Yeah. You can hear through the pipes. So they'll flush out their toilets and then use them as telephones to talk to like other people in the jail. That's kind of hilarious. Yeah. And smart and ridiculous. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, so, I guess like it's okay just to put your face in a jail toilet based on many things we've learned tonight. Uh, okay. So, I, where are we I, at? I would okay. rather not test that theory, but <laughs> sure. Not, yeah. So, okay, so, the brothers Henderson, explain yeah. the, the possession, and the agent uh, basically he's he unchains them and he's like, all right, so how do we survive? And that's really all he's yeah. got. He shifted real fast. Um, and I Sam's mean, answer getting possessed might do that. 
Yeah. And Sam's answer is we're going to do some arts and crafts. That is clearly the arts. answer to this. Arts and crafts. Duh. Double satanic arts and crafts. So we're going to make some double traps. Yep. So Sam's painting the um, devil traps um, in several locations. The deputy and the agent are collecting as many weapons as possible. Nancy's patching up Dean. Dean's like, uh, yeah, all those weapons aren't going to work against demons. You need salt. So Nancy is super smart and resourceful. I was like, what about all the road salt? So she goes getting all the road salt that they use for the roads in Colorado. And they put it around every window and door. Um, and while and, they're there, like Nancy and Dean are kind of talking and yeah. we get some insight into Nancy's face, yes. which I think does play into this. And also Ella. Yeah, uh, I know. She just could pretty much waxes on about how like she like literally believed in the devil and her right. family. was, And her parents, her parents would get that told her to stop being so literal about the devil when she would come home from church. And now yeah, she's so there's a lot of I told you so's in this episode. Mm -hmm. We had Dean's biggest I told you so ever to Henriksen. Now we have Nancy's to her parents, like, oh mm -hmm. bitches, like none of that shit was real. That devil was really coming. So yep. So um Dean wants to go to trunk, which Dean is a terrible idea because it means he has to leave the building. Also, why did they impound baby? Uh, because baby would have been parked at the hotel when they were arrested. Yeah, but they're not going to just impound. I guess maybe they thought it had evidence in it. And was like, why would they just take? Yeah, I'm sure Agent Henriksen was not going to leave baby behind. Okay. Because I was just like, why? Why? Like, they just arrested, like, I don't know. But we get to, we get trunk. Yay, trunk. So, so he's able to get, yeah, yay, trunk. Um, and so he's able to get like a lot of stuff out and then make it back barely to um, to the sheriff's department before uh the demons start rolling in because as he's outside we start seeing all the demon smoke starting to roll into town and flickering all the lights yeah and it's like electric demon smoke like yeah. so there's like big piles of like demon smoke and now there's like lightning flashing in it yeah it's a little bit almost it's almost more oh, like like death eater smoke at this point i'm just saying now which came first death eater smoke or cock smoke i don't know <laughs> Let's timeline oh. this. Okay, so this episode was shot in 2008. I think that's prior to Death Eater Smoke. I don't know. The Ooh. 20th anniversary of Harry Potter release just came out this weekend or yeah. New Year's Day. And it was great. I cried a lot. I had to love myself yes. in my eye. But yeah, me too. Same Z's. All right. So uh, he's running so back yeah. in while all this demons smoke. Run, Dean, run. Yes, he makes it back in. And um, the smoke like envelops the entire building. It's against like, all the windows, blacks everything out. And it's kind of freaky for a second. And then it's just gone. It just dissipates. Like, and Nancy's salt is saving the day. Way to go, mm -hmm. Nancy. Yeah. Yay, Nancy. So um, we see Sam pull out some necklaces and hands them out to uh, our, our, our friends in the sheriff department. There's a sheriff deputy and Nancy remaining and, and, and the agent Henriksen and it says it will prevent them from being possessed and she's like well what about the two of you what happens next Liz Diana's been watching me dance for like a minute she's, I know so she's excited. dying so excited 
So excited. They opened up their shirts and revealed that they had the anti-possession tattoos. Yes. This is where the tattoos come from. Well, it's the first time we see them. Yes. And it's very exciting. And, and Sam says that they haven't had them very long. And we know that they haven't had them very long because these motherfuckers have been possessed before. So. Well, and it does like, it's, I mean, it's great. I love that they have them. But because I have to look and I was like, wait, did I forget? like a scene where they nope. got tattooed and I was like, okay, digging through like, which is a like, missed no. opportunity, by the way, I needed, yeah, I, mean, a, I needed the boys drunk getting these tattoos. I was like, well, I'm like, it does make me wonder if something was cut. Like, was there ever a time for, or was it at this point that like Sarah or like Eric were like, you know, it'd be really great if these were tattooed on them, which I'm sure like Jared and Jensen love because now every time they have a shirt off, they have to get a fake tattoo. Uh, but I do also like, really appreciate that their reveal of this was like imperfectly in sync. It was like some fucking like, yeah, like and it, oh. boy band, like pull my shirt. Same time. Look at this. Look at my peck tat. The only thing that would have been better if they had been in like pearl snap shirts and like go, just like pop their buttons and just like <laughs> and it was like a whole like whole chest tattoo, like just this piece that like went down to their stomach, like this just the whole thing. <laughs> Good lord. Oh, I also it seems like, like it seemed like overkill. That would be overkill. I just want, I just want that moment. But also, and like, at some point they went, like, do you go to your normal tattoo artist for this? Like, do you like, do you have a consultation? Do you work through the design? And like, this is what I want. Do you you bring a picture on your phone and be like, you want this? Do you need special? I saw this on Pinterest. (laughs) They bring in their Pinterest page and they're like, this is, so for those of you who don't know, I think I may have mentioned my best friend is a tattoo artist. And the thing he hates the most is people telling stories about why they want to get their tattoo. Oh, yeah. And like, I think he has I know a this, sign. And I've tortured him with it on purpose once. Well, and but may it's have... fine. If it's you hilarious. Him. Yeah. And so I think he has a side like this says like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to No, I don't want to fucking... hear why. Yeah. I don't want to know. I don't want to hear your fucking story. Yeah. Something. Yeah. I don't want to hear your fucking story or something like that. But I just imagine like them like sitting in a tattoo chair and be like, so our dad was killed by like demon yeah. and they get possessed. And like the tattoo artists are like, I just want to go get my tacos. Like I got to finish this fucking line work. Like why? Oh my God. And like, no, you can't get a discount. Jesus Christ. Just because there's two of you. No, it's going to be the same price for both. And I like, what the price? This- damn it. That's per tattoo. Well, anyways, okay. Got so it. yes, that this is as much as forgettable as this episode is. It's no, very I, I, I did. I was saying there was a certain things. There are certain things like the episode and the story didn't stick with me, but there was aspects that I knew were like things that were going to carry on. I could tell, obviously. So, all right, and a tie up at loose ends. Um, so, anyways, um, Nancy sees outside that now that while there might not be a cloud of smoke around them, there is a large group of people, and there's people that she knows from the town, and they are all fucking possessed. They they all black eyes. Well, all that is black just, eyes. Yep. So, uh, and then one of the deputies goes to look um, look at one of the windows, and he breaks the salt line a little bit. And I'm like, oh so, fuck, that's bad. Do you think like so? I mean, he wasn't possessed, right? Because he put the amulet. Like, he was just a dumbass. I think he was just a dumbass and didn't realize the importance of not breaking the line. Luckily, not much results from it. Um, and we'll get to that in just a second. But there's, you know, a conversation with um, Agent Hendrickson 
um, between Dean because he's commenting on the shotgun shells with salt. And uh, Agent Henriksen's comment is chasing off monsters with condiments, which I liked. Yes. And also, if I don't know why I mentioned it, Diana got me a shotgun shell filled with salt for my birthday, and it's amazing. Uh, but yeah, so he gets the speech, you know, and yep. these are these, all these things are real. All these things fit. are real, but not Bigfoot. And, um, and then the agent kind of has a little reflection. He's like, like kind of like bummed. He's like, I've been, you know, wasting my life chasing a few bad guys. I'd catch like one every few years, just be like this whole mission chasing like down fugitives and stuff. But you guys are out fucking killing like real bad guys, like all the goddamn time. And it kind of has like a weird, sad moment for Agent Hendrickson. It is. And so, I mean, and I think if I was in his position to be like, to if you put all of your trust and your values into your work, which is also, you know, probably a sign, don't put all your shit into your job. Have other interests. Like you hush your mouth. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you have other interests. You I are, do. You're I'm just healthy. teasing. Which um, is also, this is why I always when I talk about burnout in my field, I'm like, no, you need to have other interests. Or you yeah. turn to Hendrickson because if something happens and that, value is completely destroyed yeah. and then you're just like what the fuck do i do and then you get this very okay i want to know your opinion if this quote is depressing or um you know just cheerleading so dean says i think the world's gonna end bloody but it doesn't mean we shouldn't fight we do have choices i choose to go down swinging i thought it was great i thought it was very dean and i actually didn't find it very pessimistic. I found it actually somewhat optimistic in a very dark way. Does that make sense at all? It does. I mean, and it, was, it reminds me of the end of another show, which Angel of you ever gets through. It would probably apply to that. Guilt. Guilt. Thanks. But, but no, really, I thought like, was, it, I liked that quote. I thought it was an interesting one. And I, I commented, I noted about it as well, about him just, you know, going down swinging. And, and it's interesting that that's part of the conversation that him and Agent Hendrickson are also talking about how they neither have anything to go home to. So that's, I thought that was super profound tying into that conversation. Yeah, Acknowledging I, I think, that, yeah, it might be a losing fight, but it's still like, we're still going to try. We're still going to like, we still want to save it. We still want to preserve things. We still care. And I think with Dean's current situation, though, this yeah. makes it even more interesting because he wants to go down swinging and we know that he is going to hell soon. Yeah. I mean, his time is coming up and he's like, you know what? I so I think this does move that character forward a little bit, like not a lot, but it really kind of, you know, shoves his feet into the ground. Well, maybe. yeah. And then in the, in the last episode, we really got the vibe that, you know, he's actually really, in the last couple episodes, we were like, no, he doesn't, he does give a shit about himself. He doesn't want to just die and go to hell. He's not just giving up. And this is, I think this ties into that mentality where he's got now, where he's got some fight in him again for himself. So of all the demons that could have taken advantage <laughs> of the break in the window salt. <laughs> all the demons and all the so world. convenient so convenient the only one that got through was ruby yay yeah so there's a dramatic bust in through the window and we're like oh my god because we're expecting we're we fucked saw. we're fucked because so the salt yeah, broke we, the salt broke and they're like oh it's <laughs> just ruby it's just ruby so but ruby is like take like and i'm a woman so i feel like i can say this 
I don't know if Ruby has really bad PMS, but she's a fucking cunt this entire episode. She's like, cranky as fuck this episode. Yeah, she. There is like something. But I kind of get it. With- I'm not gonna lie. Like I get like her point. I just. I mean, I don't know if I agree or disagree. This whole episode really culminates in a philosophical com- de- debate that's been had for centuries, and that's other not centuries, but maybe centuries. I don't know. But either way, so. But well, she, yeah, she's we're gonna pissed. get to the trauma we're problem. Gonna, eventually. We're gonna get yes, exactly. <laughs> but but that's and and I. Think think that that's feeding her frustration because she has a very distinct opinion on the answer and i think that that's all there is to it she's pissed because they lost the cult fair enough bella's a bitch but it's fair they lost the cult and that's fucked up they shouldn't have lost the goddamn cult she helped save it um and she but she and she gives him a lot of information she's like look there's 30 outside more. I killed my way in. There's more coming. And you've got your and you've got this new challenger that I've told you about that wants to take down Sam and uh wants uh his intestines on a stick. Okay. Uh, One, also everything on a stick is delicious. Um, two, Ruby also said that she had guts in her mouth. Yes, intestines on a stick if they were deep fried at a state fair. I'd fucking eat them. Um, but yeah, so also Dean's like, we get we get a little sexist moment in um if you follow my Twitter, you'll you'll know why this is funny too. Um, but Dean's like, who is he? And then Ruby's like, not he, her. And it was like, oh yeah, you little sexist bitch. Like, of course, it's a woman. We're not afraid of a man. We're afraid of a woman. Oh, <laughs> and her name is Lilith. Lilith. And yeah. not going into lore right now. Uh, we are saving Lilith for another day because there's a lot to be talked about for Lilith. I would expect as much. Yeah. But okay, so now we know. We know the big this big bad has a name. The big bad. New big bad. All right. So uh, I also love when they tell Ruby that the cult was stolen. She said, excuse me, I must have blood in my ear. (laughs) And she is pissed. Uh, So she's like, well, okay. Well, the only other plan they have to fix this for y'all to get out of here and not all fucking die is for Ruby to sacrifice uh, herself because she's got a spell. Remember, she used to be a witch when she was a human that will vaporize all the demons in a one mile radius. So it's going to kill her too. But wait, to conduct the spell, she also needs uh, to sacrifice a virgin. And then- Every, so, every now, spell so now it's not just going to be Ruby dying. Whoever the virgin is, is going to be dying too. And guess who is a virgin? And everybody is completely shocked by this information, weirdly. Henriksen? <laughs> no. Shockingly, Nancy is a virgin. Well, no, not Nancy. the good little Catholic girl from the small town working at the sheriff's department. Couldn't be her. Sorry. Yeah. Just and this, I just thought, no. I thought the reaction was weird and kind of like, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I obviously there was not a virgin as long as I should have been, but uh, or whatever. But like they were really judgy about it. I thought that was rude. No, I, they were judgy about it. De- also, Dean was ki- looked like he was kind of turned on by it. Like he got a real uh, gross. I face thought his on mind. It. I thought his mind was just completely blown because he didn't believe it. Like I thought that. I was think he was. I think it was blown, but then it was like, oh, nobody has touched you with a penis. Ooh, but. 
I didn't get that. There vibe, is but, this whole know, thing too yeah. of like about the virgin sacrifice as a TV trope, just a general trope, right? Yeah, the idea yeah. that, and very rarely, like there have been a few movies where it's been a man, and then it always just becomes a comedic trope because like, oh, the virgin, mm-hmm. like um, even Pocus Pocus. I was like, why am I spacing on the name the movie with all the witches? Um, but it just. I don't know. I really don't. I don't like it. And I can't even get over the trope of it. I just thought the re I thought the reaction was like too much. Yeah. I think I'm just over the idea of. Oh, I need a virgin. We need pure blood and pure blood means that you haven't had sex. You like, it just. Yeah. You hadn't had some dick. (laughs) You haven't had some dick or some pussy. And it's like, but you've done some anal and that's fine. But you know, it's (laughs) that doesn't count. It doesn't count. (laughs) Oh my God. But yeah, it was just weird. I just I really did my biggest like my I was annoyed at how like shitty they were about it. Like, yeah, like she was a fucking alien. Like, okay, calm down. Like, I'd be like, I'd be like, oh, whoa, okay. And then move on. Like it's not like Oh my gosh, you're a virgin. I'm shocked. Like, well, and she's pretty young too. Yeah, I mean, like, like young, young chick. She's not just like she's church. like a 50 year old woman. Like, no, or yeah. it's I, at I the point where that, that Nancy is just sad. This Nancy is just young and hasn't got, like, I've seen her town. Like, I wouldn't yeah. want to bone this town either. But I think what's interesting too is that we honestly get this dichotomy like is is sam going dark side because dean's like i don't want to kill a virgin i don't want to kill nancy and sam's like so we get the that's where we get the big argument Uh, and this is where we get our trolley the trolley argument as you referenced so dean and agent henrickson are like we we're not killing nancy to save to save the town that's just not fair Nancy's like, I want to do this. Those people outside are my friends and the people I love. I will sacrifice myself for them. She's ready. She is willing. She's she's got her three fingers in the air like the Hunger Games. She's ready to sacrifice herself for her town. But Sam and Dean are like, no, they're talking. And Sam's like, hey, she's willing. This is the solution. It's one person versus this entire town of people. And so now. I do think it's kind of shitty. I'm going to point this out that they don't really mention Ruby again. Like nobody gives a fuck about sacrificing Ruby. I thought that was kind of weird. Fair. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know that they don't totally trust her and blah, 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 but she's offering to sacrifice herself. I feel like if you're talking about Nancy sacrificing herself, you should probably mention that Ruby's sacrificing herself too. I think it's also though, because I just don't view Ruby as one, like that much of a sacrifice because I don't believe she's doing anything for unselfish reasons. Well, yeah. I just think like she has like whatever she's doing, there is some ultimatum and whether it like, can she come back? Well, and, she's like, got, yeah, but, but she said it vaporizes all of them and they're, and they're gone. So who knows? But she could be lying. Oh, we don't know. I don't know. I, she's just but, so bitchy that right in this episode. I was like, I don't trust you. Like, you're, well, you're- and, but the, so basically she, they're posing the argument in this scene and in this episode in general, but in this scene specifically is about the sacrificing one for the greater good of all. Like, if you know that, like, if this person will die, for sure, without doubt, this person, you kill, you actively make the decision to kill this one person to potentially save, because it's not guaranteed, they still don't know exactly what's going to happen, but to potentially save this other large group 
Is that a more moral or better choice than risking everybody, but not actively making a decision to kill this one individual? So, yeah, it's a philosophical question that's been posed, uh, you know, forever. And I think like, you know, Sarah does a really good job in scripting or whoever wrote this on for Dean. It was like, it doesn't mean that we throw away the rule book and stop acting like humans. Yeah. I'm not going to let that demon kill some nice, sweet, innocent girl who hasn't even been laid. I mean, look, if that's how you win wars, then I don't want to win. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, it's a valid point and a valid conversation. I know people make an individual choice of a sacrifice sometimes for others and for greater good, but that's, uh, you know, it's an interesting battle. Uh, anyways, and that's it. Yeah. I'm talking about in war and in battles and things like that. But, um, but Dean's yeah. like, I know. Well, and Dean's, but Dean's kind of been a little bit more um, hardline on prefer- preserving human life. You know what I mean? A little bit more, except for when, once they have any kind of, demony or evilly thing in them they or a witch care. or you know well that's true but, or witches but yeah. but anyways yeah so dean has a new plan dean has a plan ruby doesn't think it's gonna work and she's like fuck this shit i was willing to kill myself and all them for you um but no i'm, I'm not gonna watch you lose you bet i bet i guess i bet on the wrong horse i'm out and all the demons outside let her pass through and she leaves yeah, so basically everybody inside and everybody outside are like, see you next Tuesday. So- <laughs> she didn't upset me. I mean, she was a bitch, but I, she didn't upset me as much as she upset you. I, know, I, she, I It was just, she it was a very, there wasn't any beats for her this episode. It was all just, everything was acid coming out of her mouth the That's entire right. time. I mean, she's a demon. She's a demon, but Ruby isn't always like in the past episodes she has no she's been she's had a softer element yeah you're right right. and even if like that was a manipulative thing or whatever there was like still like even in the witch episode she was like i was a human right so that i I thought she was was, i think she was i thought i felt like she was just that frustrated okay yeah frustration makes me act like that too and i i get it all right so (laughs) she is gone uh so Dean, Sam, and Agent Hendrickson are going to start uh, with the and and uh, are going to start with Dean's plan. So they each take an entrance and have shotguns and clear uh, the salt away from entrance. So um, basically, demons are rolling in pretty much one at a time to attack them through the doorway, which is I don't know if that's the most efficient fighting method, but sure. And um, the deputy that's remaining from the sheriff's office and Nancy are up on the roof, and. <laughs> Nancy says to him, uh, when this is over, I'm going to have so much sex. And he looks at her and she's like, not with you. But not with you, which is a very important point, Nancy. I'm glad for you. Like, you're a strong woman. Yes, I need to fuck. I'm not fucking you. Like, you know, you're a deputy. But we also, we've got some fun metal music playing in the background. Dean and Henriksen are now literally fighting back to back. Back to back. Yeah, they're they're bros now. They're bro out killing demons. Um, so we see though, while this all the fights going on inside, Nancy and the deputy use salt to close them all in. And the brothers, everybody's inside starts flinging holy water everywhere. <laughs> it's just fucking crazy. Oh, I love how Dan Dan, Dan <laughs> Sam, Sam, Sam Sam was just flinging holy water on that flask. He's just yeah, like just flinging, it. Just flinging it everywhere. But yeah. <laughs> 
So, um, and then they all just kind of stop, like the fighting just kind of stops. And one, one of the chick demons steps out and, uh, pins, um, the brothers to the wall with okay. her magic strength with her. So we have to come up with a name. Cause I'm like, this is, she does Diana's move. And I, I feel like we need a name for this fling. Like, it's just like you it's fling a them and pin them to the wall using your, like, I don't know, whatever. What is that? It's not telepathic. It's the. Well, it's telekinetic. Telekinetic, it, that's the word. I mean, but I feel like it needs like its it own name. name. It needs a name. And Diana's move is what I'm calling it right now. But I, just because you hate it. <laughs> I'm just like. Well, it seems very like, frustrating. Like, man, you really, you're fucked. Like, yeah. oh yeah. This person can pin you to the wall with their brain in their hand. Is you're it fucked. the demon fling? Like an like a high Demon fling? fling. <laughs> instead of like western swing it's the demon fling <laughs> Desi doe and demon flings okay so and then also gonna be like like you know you could have a fling with a demon all right so we go with demon fling that that is what this is called now so right. the and she's clearly the leader right, right. so were exactly. you thinking that this was the big bad i was i was like oh shit here we go because they showed this specific demon outside as ruby was leaving watching ruby leave too so we've had a close-up on her before which kind of like gives you like that there's a cues that shows used to build up knowledge and show like what's going to happen so you're kind of thinking this might be the big bad and then dean yells henrickson now that's my voice for Dean. You're welcome. <laughs> and he hits play. You see Henriksen hit play on a cassette player because he's in the other room. And it's over the income. They have, have recorded an exorcism. <laughs> no, so all the demons yes. are upset. They're trying to escape. And then all of the black smoke cocks fly out of their mouth. Yep. Into the ceiling where they start swirling. And there's like electrical stuff going on, swirling in the ceiling. And it kind of like a weird explosion things happen. And then the brothers just are released. Yep, because of the electric cock smoke or something. Um, so one of them walks by uh, Nancy outside. And so yes. we think something's going to happen, but he just looks at her and keeps going, which really kind of is like, well, why is she doing that? But I think at this time, so we just saw a massive exorcism happen. Mass exorcism. So I think we're going to talk about a time very recently when there was another massive exorcism that did Ooh. it just went very very wrong so it's time for lore <laughs> true crime whatever you want to call this all right all right so we are going to take a journey to one of my favorite places near the equator and that is panama um, and we'll talk about some of my, I'll talk about some of my Panama experiences on this, but we're going to talk about, and I had this playing on pronunciation over and over so I could get it right. And I'm probably still fucking it up. So we're going to talk about the Nagabi Bugle. It's like boob, it's like Michael Bublé, but Bugle said so the Nagabi, I have many times to fuck this up over this next couple of minutes. So the Nagabi Bugle, Bugle, God damn it, I keep saying Bugle. I'm very, very sorry, people of this, of, of this indigenous tribe. All right. 
So um, they come from, this tribe comes from a region on Panama's Caribbean coast, about 150 miles from Panama City. So there's this village of these indigenous people, and there's about 300 people that live in this area, and they're very remote. Like, this area is so remote that, that you to get to civilization you have to walk for hours on all these crazy fucking roads that are very vertical and they're covered in mud and you have to walk through them to get to a river like you're not even there yet you just have to go like for hours through all this crazy territory and then you get to a river and then you can flag down a boat and then that boat can take you to a place where they have telephones health clinics and what will be important to the story the police hmm. um, so the Nagabi Bugle are Panama's largest indigenous group, and they suffer from high rates of poverty and illiteracy, like many indigenous groups of Central and South America do. Uh, there are actual like seven groups in Panama. Um, I, I have been to the village for the Embera, but um, definitely that place was set up for tourism. You could go on like a tour through uh, the Panama Canal, and then you go to Monkey Island, and then you go to hang out with these people um but even though it was set up for tourism i got to see fucking blue butterflies which are like the most amazing things you've ever seen because they look wow. like a fucking disney cartoon and there are also water trees um so like there's all these trees in the panama jungle so you can tap for water oh, and yeah, I've heard about they're so so cool uh anyhow okay but this is not them <laughs> this is this is nagari buglays uh so um on monday january 13th of 2020 so this was just last year and i had to check with my friend i was like when the fuck were we in panama so this was a year after i was there so it was not the year that i went to go total around that country um all right, so on January 13th, 2020, um, three brothers from this village came um, running out of there. You remember how I said how they had to run out of there? So they escaped over many, ran for hours up steep hills, like over yes. a river, and they made their way to a hospital. And they arrived with burns on their mouths and tongues. And also, they had uh, just marks from being like, obviously assaulted with something um and they're like guys like you know we escaped but there's other vi villagers and they're being held by this the sect there's a cult down there they have people and their their injuries were so bad they were transferred to the emergency room of the luis chico fabrega hospital in santiago um and because their injuries were so bad the next day, on so Tuesday, January 14th, another person escaped by running for several hours, crossing the Calabobera River and arrived at Rio Ruiz in the district of Santa Fe province of Veraguas, and he was only 15 years old. And so basically hmm. what these three guys and this 15-year-old said was like, guys, there's a cult. And they are tying up people and trying to exercise them. And we hmm. have escaped. And the 15-year-old escaped while the quote-unquote shepherds were busy tying up other people. And he was treated by a doctor at the health center. And he showed the injuries he had on his back. And there, I've seen pictures of him. They're fucked up. This kid got the fuck beat out of him. Like, it's really, Ooh. really terrible. And all of this was done by the pastors of the La Luz del Mundo Church. And that means something that I have written elsewhere. Um, hold on. It's the light of the moon. I'm just, I speak Spanish. Enough Spanish. So I'm like, no, this is not the light of the moon. 
Okay. Um, so on Wednesday, people from the public ministry traveled to the sector to investigate. And when they arrived, according to the local prosecutor, Rafael Baleas, they found they were performing a ritual inside the structure. In that ritual, there were people being held against their will, being mistreated. All of these rites were aimed at killing them if they did not repent their sins. He said there was a naked person, a woman inside the building where investigators found machetes, knives, and a ritually sacrificed goat. They killed a goat, motherfuckers. Okay, it gets worse, but the goats, the, I have a soft spot for goats and that really hurts. Okay. And these rites have been going on since Saturday and it already was, they were like, people have already died. Right. So we now know there is the three Valdez brothers who have escaped. There is a 15 year old who's escaped. And now they're like, oh, shit, there's like more people here who have been going through this. And everyone's like not sure how long this specific sect of um, the religion have been operating. But somebody in the last month had a vision. And in that vision, he said, uh, all of the preachers have been anointed to exercise the non-believers. So um somebody had either they got fucked up and had a vision or they just had a vision they're like guys we gotta we gotta take out all these people who you know who don't believe us Hmm. so they're like everyone come to this church come to the church we're gonna talk to you and the church is basically this long big shed right and so when they went inside uh their hands and feet were bound (laughs) and eventually uh the pastor would come in front of them and he would hold a bible and either a machete or a stick depending on which resource I saw. Um, and he was like, you need to vomit because if you vomit, then I know the demon's gone. And, but if you couldn't puke, then you were, then you were beaten. So that was like, we know the demons outside of you if you throw up, but if you don't throw up, then we're going to beat you with this Bible, with these sticks, with this machetes. And then the demons will get out of you. So we're just going to beat you till you puke. Yeah, and then once you puke, then we'll know the demons out of you. Um, so witnesses said the screams were very intense and they saw bodies being transported by hammocks. Um, the, like so, I, like I said, the, uh, the possessed were hit with Bibles, cudgels, and machetes, and then some were forced to strip or walked across um, hot embers. Of the 14 people that were rescued, uh, Dina Blanco said that she had gone to the church with her nine-year-old epileptic daughter, her 15-year-old son, and her father. And I'm not putting words in people's mouths, so I'm probably like, oh, she must be possessed because she's epileptic, but that seems likely to me. Hmm. Um, When they arrived, they were told not to open their eyes, and they had to grab each other's hands and pray. I felt something hit my head and then I don't know what happened to me. Uh, Dina told the Associated Press, I dropped to my knees. So the authorities are there and this is like what they found when they come in. And then they were pointed to an area about a mile from the church. And there they found seven bodies that were buried, including five children, Mm. one who was only one years old, their 32-year-old pregnant mother, and also a 17-year-old girl. So they Jeez. fucking killed seven people trying to exercise these quote-unquote demons from them. And five of them were kids. Like, it's fucked. It's so insanely fucked. Um, and so the police arrested seven people at the time, although there was at least 10 villagers that were said to have participated. 
The area is so remote that the helicopters had to be used to ferry the injured out to hospitals or treatment. And those ferried out included at least two pregnant women and about seven children. So, I mean, they're just insane. Um, The larger Lucille Mundo church said in a statement, um, I'm sorry, this is a bad Google translation because this is out of uh, the Panama newspaper. Our church does not practice acts of exorcism in those people who manifest problems of evil spirits. We resort to the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ in love and prayer. They also said that the pastors arrested were not part of the religious community. So Luz del Mundo actually has a larger uh, parishioner base beyond just the indigenous tribes. It's a larger group of church in Panama. And they're like, yo, 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 not us, not us. This was not a sanctioned location of our church yeah we didn't know we did not agree to this and then uh ricardo moranda who was the leader of the nagabe uh buble semi-autonomous zone known as carmarca called the sect satanic and said that it went against the region's christian beliefs and he pointed out that the official religion of the Kamarka is Mama Tata, which according which is like official according to this law 280, but they allow people the freedom to practice other religions, but they can't let them do this. Um, Mama Tata is actually a mix of Catholic and Amerindian. I don't know if that's the right word to say that, but basically American and indigenous uh, beliefs kind of built in. And that is practiced by about half of the nearly 250,000 inhabitants of the Nagabe Bibli region. Uh, it's super, super fucked up. On December 13th, December 3rd of this last year now, so yeah. I was about to say 2021 was this year. So last month, ABC News reported that the court imposed Panama's maximum sentence of 50 years in prison on seven members of the cult. Um, the court in Bocas del Toro province sentenced two other members of the cult to 47 years in prison each. So three years underneath the maximum they could get for this. Um, yeah, so hmm. I really like the story, like just kind of it, one intrigued me because I love Panama. Um, it's I highly recommend going to visit there if you never have. It's a really cool place. No, it's on my list. Yeah, it's a good place. Um, but also, and, just, and I've seen two different versions of 90 Day Fiance where they've had somebody in Panama. <laughs> I've seen a lot of footage. Uh, I'm too. not shocked on that. Um, but really, the idea is like you. We talk about these exorcisms in this in the show, kind of like as a joke. But like this shit's still happening. Like uh-huh. people are still using and like and beyond. Just you know, we talk about the general Catholic Catholic exorcisms, but this is still this idea of i don't know that we can use religion to beat i i know i have a point but i'm just it's honestly very upsetting <laughs> no, like, that's, that's horrifying it's just, people that are seeking help in some form whether it be physical or spiritual or emotional whatever they need and in turn are punished in this case to death for not meeting up to what that church or religious leaders standards were yeah and and to bring it back to this episode you would talk about dean saying like you know we have to be human right yeah. it's like no matter like what we're doing in this battle like whether or not whatever side of you fall on your religion um 
the, maintain your if, humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to maintain your humanity. So if you see somebody, if you're in a cult or someplace and you see somebody beating a one-year-old baby to death, like yeah. what the fuck is wrong with you? Like it's yeah. somebody's got to be the one to step up and be like, no, something this this is wrong. Yeah, somebody and, has to be like, this is wrong. And in this episode, we had Dean standing up to be like, hey. This is, yeah, this might seem like the easy win, but this is wrong. This is not, yeah, none of this justifies the means to get there. And so, sorry for a very depressing war. Like, I mean, no shit. Like, man, you're like, Max, this exorcism. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. And now I'm like, well, this is terribly sad. And I feel like an asshole for cheering on that lore, but thanks. Yeah, no, um, and, you know, but at least like I'm glad the people who were involved in this, you know, they, they were, were they were put in jail. They weren't David Koresh, right? So, mm-hmm. by the way, there's a new series on Hulu um, from Vice about uh, the dark side of the '90s, and they went into David Koresh, and I hadn't thought. So, those of you who aren't from Texas, I know Waco was like a big thing for you, yeah, but for those of us, us in Texas, like it was real bad. I broke up with a guy because he looked like david koresh when he put his glasses on like oh. it was it was it, he it was an in, uncanny resemblance and i'm like i'm sorry i can't make out with you you look like david koresh i'm sorry steven i actually didn't remember his name because i did run into him like a year or two later i didn't remember who he was um but um now i remember your name your name was steven and you're a guy in san antonio don't know your last name but um i'm sorry i broke up with you because get, you get look contacts. like david koresh get contacts (laughs) i think he did probably after the fact oh my god Um, so anyways that was our depressing lore for the night Um, oh yeah that's that's thanks and Uh, a terrible a terrible and yet a great uh, tourism message for panama yeah Uh, so yeah because because the cult has been arrested so now you can go to panama and not get murdered in an exorcism cult hopefully hopefully no promises but hopefully I will say when I went to t- Panama, I went to an amazing Battle of the Bands, which was all like punk rock and metal yeah, bands from the that. different provinces of Panama, and they all came together. And it was one of the highlights of my life. So, uh, yeah. Anyhow, okay. So we're gonna go back to where so there they, are just bodies everywhere. There's bodies <laughs> everywhere. And they've exercised. They've exercised all the demons in this weird electrical fire thing in the ceiling, um, and there's all the bodies there, and people are coming too. And the agent Henderson's like, uh, which is, hold on, by the way, it's also interesting because so often their exorcisms are not survived by the bodies that are possessed. So I thought that was another thing, like they're banking, like it was kind of a weird back and forth for me too. Like they're really banking on all these people surviving anyways, which is kind of surprising, but. But also I think based on the lore of this, that they're all, because Nancy knew so many of them, these are all fresh possessions. So most of the other demons that are died are because, as I think Ruby said, they've been rode hard and put away wet. Yeah. Um, so these possessions were probably fairly, fairly new. Yeah. So Agent Hendrickson's telling Sam and Dean that, look, I need to call in to to his to his actual bosses, and so that guys did the quote least ridiculous lie I can come up with in the next five minutes, and he decides that that is that he is going to says quote i'm going to kill you <laughs> and i'm like whoa i'm like wait, oh, no, what, what? wait I'm like what what just happened here he's like no i'm gonna say you were in the chopper when it caught on fire and there was nothing left so uh rest in peace guys and shakes their hands <laughs> yeah so, and we got chopper again 
And so um, their the brothers leave. Um, and, you know, we're aware that they left. You can tell it's moving on. So it's a later scene. And the because the, the apartment's mostly cleaned up. And um, Nancy's like sweeping. And a little girl holding hands with a woman walks in, looking all cute. And uh, says, I'm looking for two brothers, one really tall and one really cute. And Nancy giggles and asks her name. Yeah. And so one, are we going to about to find out something Diana hates more than black eyes? And two, before we get to the reveal of that, I will say that when they were talking about how to make Lilith, Sarah Campbell said, nothing is creepier than a little girl. Well, maybe if she had a British accent. Um, so at least like this little girl doesn't have a British accent so much. But that's why she's a little girl and not a full-blown woman at this point. So Diana, do you hate something more than black eyes? Uh Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. And what do you hate? All white eyes. Yep. So little Lilith introduces herself and her eyes roll back in her head. All we have are the fucking whites. And then uh so Nancy, Deputy, and Agent Hendrickson all kind of jump and like they're gonna kind of come out because they know something fucked up's happening. And she holds up her hand like a palm, like her palm out, and then there's just a massive white light, and they all yell, and then we yep. cut. She burns him all the fuck away with her hand. Yeah. I don't yeah. like it. I don't like her children. fucking creepy white eyes. <laughs> so we cut to Sam in the motel and, and Dean's there too. And there's a, a knock at the door and it's fucking Ruby. She back and she says, turn on the news. And it's a news report about a tragic explosion at the police station. May have been natural gas and everyone inside is dead. <sighs> So she's sure it was Lilith um, and she gives them each like this little bag and just says it will help keep her off of their trail. Yep. And then she goes into an I told you so rant about Lilith killing everyone in the Virgin. I think this is awesome. Just like told you she's just a bitches episode like that's not super like, helpful information it's like oh let's just rub some salt in the wound yeah i mean no, i get her like, point but they also but they also bitch. felt like they had to, they also felt like they had to try it's the going down swinging is what they were doing basically yeah and i i think there's nothing wrong with that you know and so again trolley situation if you don't know what the trolley problem is look it up we're not gonna explain it um <laughs> at this point you should know that but yeah, she's very rude about it. That basically that because they were not willing to sacrifice one person, it led to more death and a higher death count. And that that's just really the decisions you have to make in war, which is technically true. But a lot of times you have to really weigh out what it, what are you fighting for if that's the decision you're making? And she doesn't get that. And I think this is like, you know, we've kind of humanized Ruby a lot because she is has been on their side for a demon. And this really, really speaks to her lack of humanity. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. I think we see that a lot in her. And so. I, and also this, it also solves the guy who ran away and looked at Nancy, didn't kill her because she said, you know, you can't leave anybody to run and tell the boss. Yeah. But at the same time, like if somebody like busted into my house after like all this, like I was feeling really great. And then I found out that I shouldn't be feeling great. And that all these people that I just bonded with were fucking died. And then you came running in on your horse to see like, ha ha, 
Told you. Told you. Like, yeah. They killed the- everybody. This is why you just don't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like, you should listen you, to Ruby. me. Like, fuck like, you. Yeah. It's not going to be productive. I am not going to want to work with yeah. you. I'm going to tell you to fuck off. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't think she cared. Yeah. So then she just, she leaves. And then we get a lot of uh, meaningful eye looks. Yeah. And sighs. A lot of eye acting. Yeah. There we go. So for me, an episode that we said that there was, I didn't think there was a lot of story to. We talked a lot about the story. What? For an episode I thought didn't have a lot of like story that stuck with me. We talked a lot about story. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. It's just that that was interesting and reflect upon further, upon further reflection. (laughs) Like after we talked about this episode for two hours, I felt like (laughs) I could see where where this episode has meaning. Uh, Well, I could tell it obviously like there's a lot of things they're going to carry on to future episodes. So it's important, but yeah. Well, that's all I got. I think we had a lot of in perspective stuff throughout. No, I mean, like they were, so looking back, you know, saying if we had had to end the season here, I think that would have been, yeah, upsetting, but also, okay, ending the series here would have, no, but ending, ending the season here, like we've introduced a new big bad, like we know, like they're the no longer being chased by the chased by the FBI. Yeah, like, you got yeah, that resolution. At least we've wrapped that storyline up. Unfortunately, right. we wrapped it up by killing Henriksen, which by the end, like I don't hate him as much as no, I hated a, him before. Just, no, agreed. He's just a by the book kind of guy. It's kind of sad. His job is his life, and he's just trying to do a good job. And like most average humans, he doesn't believe in demons. You know, and we think about you know, uh, the other storyline they wrapped up this season was uh, was Gordon. So, yeah. but when Gordon ended, we still fucking hated Gordon. Like we we're just true. like, no, fuck that well, guy. It's kind of an opposite trajectory because Gordon, you kind of started out not hating him. You were kind of like neutral, kind of liked because like his car is kind of cool and he's into hunting and they seem like they're all gonna be buddies. But he's a little too much. But you're like okay i kind of like gordon it's all right and that fucking takes a nosedive real fast and then he's awful and then this one you start out like really really fucking hating hendrickson and like right as you're starting to like him and you get him back to a neutral or just above neutral is when he gets killed off they kind of did opposite trajectories fair also like we think about it like we're still halfway through the season and we've already killed off two i think we're more than halfway through because the short season this was 12 fair yeah so yeah, we're we're halfway through. If this had been a regular season, we would be normally normally would be halfway through though. And so we've killed off two like pretty big people already. Two long running storyline elements, yeah, for sure. So, so now that leaves deal. us with Lilith and Dean's. So we got Lilith coming. We have a new yeah. big bad, and then Dean's Dean's cursedness. Cursedness. <laughs> the cursedness of Dean. Curse, the cursedness of Dean. <laughs> okay. Yep. That's what we got. All right. So this horse has been beaten to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> so that. All right, y'all. I'll say cheers, jerk. Cheers, bitch. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter, Devil's Trap Pod. Or you can email us, devilstrap at devilstrappodcast.com. 
Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share it with all your friends. We're available at all your major podcast listening devices, or you can always find us at devilstrappodcast.com. Thanks! Devil's Trap Podcast is a Don't Be a Dick production. Meow! Intro music, arrangement and performance by Dave Cox. Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Orozco. Meow! <laughs>